Anyway, so like I said, we will uh, edit, so. Test, test. Okay, so. Good morning. Uh, with me, uh, I have Marty Schuchert with RDG Planning and Design. And today we're going to talk about um, 75 North, or the North uh, Freeway. Um, a little bit of brief history on it, and I don't know, can't remember how it came about, and uh, I guess what uh, Marty knows on the topic. So with that, um, Marty, can you maybe explain what you know as a former city planner for Omaha and um, a city planner um, for RDG? Maybe tell us a little history on what you know about the uh, 75 North uh, North Freeway project. Well, well, the they're they're really not totally related. So okay, the, the North the North Freeway was part was was uh, what I view as an unfortunate part of a uh, interstate master plan that was developed as long ago as the 1950s and early 1960s. <clears throat> the uh, uh, story of 75 North as a piece of real estate actually begins in the early 1950s when two public housing unit uh, projects, Pleasant View uh, Homes and Hilltop Homes, uh, were built. Um, so, so they're 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 actually two somewhat separated stories, although they're they're neighboring um, developments. Uh, so. So the story of, of the site that's actually 75 North uh, were two public housing projects. Public housing was a program developed during the Great Depression of the 1930s to provide uh, what was then considered temporary housing for the submerged middle class. So primarily focused on people who were down on their luck because of the Depression, unemployed, unable to afford homes, and the concept was people would, would, would live in uh, this government-provided housing um, at, until they were able to get on their feet and realize the, quote, American dream. Um, public housing eventually came off that and became uh, housing for low-income families and low-income seniors. Um, Public housing in Omaha was, uh, and, and in most places, were uh, operated by what were referred to in statute as local public authorities. So um, they were uh, generally independent or quasi-independent agencies that, uh, with boards that were appointed by city governments, um, appointed by the mayor with the consent of the city council, but operated separately from, from, from the city. And uh, they built and owned uh, housing developments, and those housing developments were, uh, were subsidized by uh, agreements with the federal government that provided annual contributions to write down, to write down the rents in those units. The problem with, with, with those um, projects as time went on is that they were generally very large, the housing became outdated, and, and because of their size, they became um, real concentrations of uh, social problems, of poor people, uh, of, of, of um, 
they were they often were segregated in terms of uh, in North Omaha, for example, being primarily um, African American populations. As, again, as time, they didn't start that way, but that's how it how it eventually evolved. Um, so in in the 1970s, a uh, a, a group of uh, people filed cons uh, uh, a lawsuit against the Omaha Housing Authority uh, on the grounds that uh, public housing was uh, perpetuating segregation of, of housing. And the fact that uh, virtually all of the units were located in predominantly minority areas was, was in fact segregation. These units should be uh, scattered and located around um, the city. So that became, began uh, a, a tremendous controversy in the city over what was then referred to as scattered site housing. Um, gradually, uh, uh, the, the, there, there was a consent decree that, uh, by which the housing authority would uh, ultimately phase out the larger projects and relocate those uh, units in, in uh, decentralized sites around Omaha. And, much of that has, it took decades to accomplish, but much of that uh, uh, has actually been accomplished. So, um, so one of the first um, examples of that was the demolition of Omaha's oldest public housing project, Logan Fontenelle Homes, and its replacement by a new uh, owner-occupied, largely owner-occupied residential development. Uh, the latest example is a recent grant for, for like recent in 2019, announced for the uh, redevelopment of Spencer Homes, which is one of the last of these um, projects that are still existing. Uh, so in any case, one of the projects that, that uh, underwent uh, uh, replacement and ultimately demolition was Pleasant View and Town, it was Pleasant View and Hilltown. The, the, the projects on either side of 30th Street that are now the site of, of, of 75 North. Um, and that, 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 that process was, uh, was, was underway. Uh, in 2007 and 8, uh, the Chamber of Commerce uh, commissioned and we did a study called the North Omaha Development Project. And um, at the time, the focus of the project was on other areas, specifically 24th Street, uh, the 24th Street corridor, um, the Adams Park area, and several other focus areas around North Omaha. But there was a reference to the Pleasant View Hilltop site, which was now becoming available for some form of redevelopment. And there are a variety of ideas floating around for it, uh, for, for that site. Um, one of which, which was kind of uh, an interesting one, was a, uh, an educational campus uh, related to health sciences. It was sort of an interesting um, idea, but, there, but there, were, there were other ideas, but they weren't really fully formed at the time. So that document made reference to the site, but it didn't really have a plan for it. Yeah. Um, a, a subsequent study was done uh, that was sponsored by the Nebraska Investment Finance Authority that uh, that looked at that site and proposed a residential and commercial redevelopment project of some sort. Uh, there was a, a design done for it. Uh, 
I, I think there were some issues with the design, but the but but the idea was 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 more or less out there. Um, at about that time, and this would have been, um, I, I'll probably get my dates wrong here, but probably would have would have been maybe around 2011 or 2012. Um, the Sherwood Foundation and specifically Susie Buffett got interested in. Uh, in, in that piece of land and, and what it could do in terms of sparking a, a more comprehensive revitalization of North Omaha. And, um, and ultimately, under her leadership, a, a board uh, was appointed and a project was, was, was developed and, and, and the board was called 75 North. 75 North because 30th Street used to be Highway 75 and this, this was the north part of it. Um, 75 North uh, was uh, really attracted to the model of purpose-built communities. And uh, the, the purpose-built community idea was that you did uh, on uh, a former uh, concentration of low-income housing, uh, a, a mixture of incomes, uh, so, so there was a, a, a significant housing component. But unlike many approaches, it didn't just stop with housing. So it also included uh, a, uh, a business um, uh, incubator, or as that building is called at 75 North, an accelerator that would address economic development and opportunity and new kinds of enterprise and so forth, and that um, that uh, uh, a, an, an excellent public school was uh, was associated with that as well. So it, it it captured the residential component of life, the educational component of life, and the economic component of life. And combine those in a in in a in, in a in a mix. Um, so uh, so 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 75 North uh, became a member of purpose-built communities. There's a national association of, of, of projects like this, and received technical assistance from from purpose-built. And then moved forward with um, with with this project. There were a couple of significant things that needed to be done. Number one involved property, so there was a, a, a long negotiation with uh, the Omaha Housing Authority about what had what were then the two vacant sites of these old public housing projects. And ultimately, after a good deal of negotiation and so forth, those sites were conveyed to 75 North for redevelopment. Um, the federal government was involved in this because the federal government was always involved in anything that had anything to do with public housing, even if there uh, was no longer any public housing on the site. The second complex negotiation dealt with the school, and, 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 and the school uh, associated with this project was Howard Kennedy Elementary, uh, which is several blocks away. So. Um, so this, this was something that had really never been done before in terms of targeting one school and really recreating it as a model. We have had uh, magnet schools, but, uh, but, but to take an elementary school and, 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 and change its approach to something that's much more contemporary and much more attractive to both the neighborhood base and to attracting people from uh, a mix of incomes uh, was, was something new. So, so the sensitivity of how that all worked, 
um, how how um, uh, a new administration was established at the school and innovative programs and so forth was 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 you know was another major uh, source of discussion. And eventually, that got accomplished as well. So <clears throat> so um, so the 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 result of this construction is what's out there. Uh, it was uh, there was a private developer uh, who was essentially a partner with 75 North called Brinshore Development, uh, very good um, development firm in, from Chicago. Uh, we sort of winnowed down all the applicants down to, uh, down, down to two very, very strong national developers, selected that particular developer, and, um, and the project is now moving forward and, and, and is, is is uh, quite different from everything else. So that that's that's in brief the story of how of, of the theory and the process that that culminated in in the Highlanders project that you see today. No, I love that. I love the fact that you just uh, reshared that because that's kind of a, a, a important piece. Uh, how much do you know about the uh, future of um, the continuation of Seventy Five North? Okay, and what they're working on. Um, yeah, the net. Well, very very good question because the concept of uh, of 75 North is that it's a catalyst and not the end of, of, uh, of the process. And so the, the, the next stage of the project will be uh, much more uh, neighborhood rebuilding. Well, one, one of the elements will be neighborhood rebuilding uh, in terms of single-family owner-occupied housing. Um, Omaha has had a rather long history in North Omaha, and one that will surprise a lot of people, of developing single-family owner-occupied housing in the, in the neighborhood. So, so that effort uh, essentially began in the mid-1980s and has continued over three decades and has really rebuilt a lot of neighborhoods. So for example, the, um, the site of the old Logan Fontenelle Homes, which was the first public housing project, is now largely a single-family owner-occupied neighborhood uh, called Concord Square. Um, so, so in the immediate area around uh, around the, the 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 current Highlanders project, there remain a lot of vacant lots and a lot of and and sites within the Highlanders site itself, and and the concept is that those will be developed with single-family owner-occupied housing. Again, that's not something necessarily new, but now it's rebuilding and, 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 and uh, filling out the fabric around, um, uh, around the neighborhood. Um, the, the, the second big initiative, which has been in the news uh, in, in, in the last few weeks, uh, is the re redevelopment of Spencer Homes Project, which, um, which, which is if you if you thought of 30th Street as being um, an L shape with with Highlanders on one leg of the L, uh, Howard Kennedy at the uh, at at the apex of the two stems of the L, um, uh, Spencer Homes would be on the the uh, right angle piece that extends out. Um, that project was split by the North Freeway, which then leads into the North Freeway, but um, uh, so so it, uh, it 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 used to run. It, it ran from about uh, oh, 28th or 20, 20, 29th, almost 30th Street, 
down to about 26th or 25th Street, and the freeway split right in the middle. When the freeway was built, uh, there had been some talk about um, the Department of Roads just and the feds acquiring the whole project, but it didn't happen. So there are two pieces of Spencer Homes split by the freeway, just as the neighborhood was split by the freeway. Um, so, so, so those those two pieces, which are also of early '50s vintage, will now be redeveloped um, as again neighborhood housing, and I and, and I think the mix will wind up being a lot like the Highlanders combination of affordable rental and affordable owner-occupied. Um, there's some of us who have dreams about what ought to happen with the freeway. Mine would be to put a lid over it and make it a, a put make that that link a park, um, effectively hiding the freeway and and uh, and repairing a wound in the neighborhood that never should have happened in the first place. How likely do you think that would have would the park probably yeah. not very, but <laughs> but but the issue of how that uh, of how those pieces work together is really a fundamental one, and and um, and, and and it's a, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting problem that I personally am really uh, 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 kind of committed to. Uh, there is there is an existing street that crosses the freeway that's that's um, a block north of Spencer Homes. And one could even think about adapting um, that bridge, but these are all dreams that I've never really talked to anybody about. Right? Sure. Do you think because 75 North, the, the, the highway was cut off and not extended um, up to um, now where you have the 680 loop, if that would have taken place back in the day, Obviously, 75 North, the development as we see it, probably wouldn't exist. It would, it would look differently. Do you think it's, a, it's advantageous that that never happened now and today? The whole highway shouldn't have happened. Um, and and, and, and the, the, this is a little bit of an emotional sore spot for me because there are people who blame me for it uh, because I'm about the only person left from that era who's... But, um, the the, the well, maybe nobody's left to blame you. <laughs> yeah, the well, it, it, it is it, it is an interesting story uh, in a, in itself. The in uh, the late fifties and early sixties, uh, a uh, when and probably fifties actually, which when I was a little kid, the uh, there was a, a, a master freeway plan done uh, for the city. Okay. And so that master plan uh, included, as many of these plans did, a grid of freeways with very little regard for neighborhoods. And uh, it included what's now Interstate 80, which was part of the national system, a ring road around the outside of the city called Interstate, which is now Interstate 680, um, a central expressway or freeway corridor uh, that was called the West Expressway that never got built, although pieces of it did. So the, um, the, the, the kind of complicated interchange and abandoned bridges that were 30th and Dodge um, until about 10 years ago when they were demolished were the, were the ramps for the West Expressway, which would have generally gone through the, along the Dodge corridor 
and through the cathedral in Dundee and so forth neighborhoods. There was a, another part of the freeway master plan was, um, was a north freeway that would uh, generally follow the Missouri River and intersect interstates, what's now Interstate 680, the Ring Road, and a south freeway, uh, which is a combination of Interstate 480 and the, Ken and the Kennedy Expressway uh, that would extend south from that. So that there, there was this kind of grid of, 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 um, of interstates. Um, the West Expressway uh, was started but never completed because of uh, vociferous opposition from all the neighborhoods that it would have destroyed. The North Freeway uh, was uh, built, land was acquired and built to about Ames, but then never extended beyond that, again because of opposition from neighborhoods um, from the Florence and, and Miller Park neighborhoods to the north, which were, which were still then predominantly white neighborhoods. So, so basically, the, the, the uh, African-American community took it in the throat from the North Freeway, um, the, uh, and the other parts were not built except for the Ring Road and, 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 and I-80. So, um, so in the uh, 19, uh, by, by the, this would have been like early 1980s, all the land had been acquired for the freeway. So it's basically a vacant corridor uh, between 27th Street and 28th Street. <clears throat> At about that time, uh, Ernie Chambers got, got um, seriously involved in this project and tried to stop the freeway, uh, at, at, at which point it was probably, to my mind, as somebody who was involved in it at the time, too little and too late. The time to have stopped it was before it even got started. Um, I had uh, been trying to promote an idea of, of, of taking that corridor and doing a boulevard with it, which is actually something that Atlanta, Georgia did in, in a similar kind of situation. But, um, but, but uh, other than a few people, that didn't really have, have, have very much traction. Um, idea of a boulevard was that you would do kind of a surface parkway with, with new housing along it and it would become a combination of linear park and, and, and development corridor. I still think to this day it's what should have happened. Um, but, but, but the project went ahead. Um, as, as, it got into, as it got into design drawings, um, I happened, uh, I was planning director at the time for the city, um, and I happened to see a, a set of plans uh, for, for the freeway, which contrary to um, the promises, was, was a surface, was, was a fully surface freeway uh, with very limited opportunities for crossing. So, so uh, I'll never forget that. And seeing these plans, I, I, I called the president of the most active neighborhood group and, say, and, and said, you guys have got to get organized because this thing is going to be a, a disaster. So, so that led to uh, a, a effectively a, a minor redesign of it by which the freeway became semi-depressed and there were more crossings that were added. So it was not quite as awful as it could have been, but still pretty bad. Um, 
mainly at social damage, was splitting the neighborhood apart and uh, dislocating a lot of the market for what could have been new commercial or, or, or consumer or housing development, for that matter, in, 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 the, in the neighborhood. But um, the freeway had nothing to do with, uh, with the public housing program. They, they were completely separate. Two separate sorts things. Of things. Yeah. What did they do with all that dirt? So they cut into that, and then, I guess more importantly... <clears throat> well, they didn't really... You mean, oh, it, it's only depressed a few... The, the, way they, the way they wound up doing it was building a berm on one side and depressing the road okay. a little bit. So, so you'd basically shove, you'd basically take the dirt that you were excavating and pile it up around uh, on the side of the road, so you'd use that to screen the, the road. It's not a bad... If you're trying to screen... A, um, a highway. It's not a bad way to do it. Yeah. Um, well, but were there any houses lost or significant buildings lost when they? Tons of tons of houses, tons of houses. I mean, houses? those were solid residential neighborhoods. Same thing. Same thing south of Dodge on 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 480. That those were those were all solid. All those all those streets were 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 east west um, connecting streets, and they all had houses along them. So. So how many people, I, I would probably uh, conservatively estimate the, the, the loss at about 1,000 to 1,500 housing units. Any significant uh, commercial buildings or um, his, historical buildings that were lost? Well, no. It, I mean, the main, um, the main damage was to the residential fabric of the neighborhood. Uh, the, probably the biggest... Um, the biggest institutional building that was lost and then replaced was was a high school was was it not a high school but a grade school alternative school that was operated by the uh, archdiocese called Dominican Los Dominican High School it was an alternative high school okay. that that was north of Ames in the path of the freeway so um, so that was um, that program uh, was taken over by Boys Town. And became Flanagan High School uh, on on a site redeveloped between Hamilton and Franklin from 25th to 27th to the freeway. Okay. So so it's now uh, the Boys Club building, but that was originally built as uh, as an alternative high school, and it was called under the auspices of Boys Town, and it was called Flanagan High, and the official program was Boys Town Urban Program. Interesting. So. In a perfect world, we would have a covered uh, <clears throat> highway with a park on top. In a perfect world, we would have a boulevard with with <laughs> with really nice to, with 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 nice affordable housing development around it. Who should we thank for at least the connection of those roads? Where should we thank you for, or others for helping make sure that it wasn't completely segregated? Yeah, probably. I I I mean it was it was really I think. Neighborhood pressure, and then DOR. So the city and DOR said, "Yeah, we really can't cut these pieces off quite the way that we did." There, it, basically, there were no there were no crossings other than uh, Hamilton Lake and Sprague. Everything else. Was, so there were two um, two additional uh, overpasses. Uh, one at uh, uh, it would be it's Bristol, I think, and one at Parker. And uh, and a pedestrian overpass at Pratt, which is, by the way, the only 
pedestrian only overpass over a freeway in Omaha, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe there's some uh, future uh, future ideas we could throw out there. Um, if we had a crystal ball, last question. If we had a crystal ball, what? And you could. Uh, give advice or guidance to future city planners or future city leaders on the development of our community, what would that be? Well, I guess, I guess a couple of things. One, one is um, learning from that experience in terms of the, um, the, the radical impact of major public works on the fabric of neighborhoods. And um, it, it, it's it, actions like that have consequences, and um, and, uh, and 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 there's a corollary to that too, and that is that the movement of cars is not the reason that cities exist. So so this this was a thing that was uh, entirely the, the the freeway itself was was a thing that was entirely built for uh, a bunch of engineers' concept of how traffic should flow. Um, on the assumption that, that uh, as engineers sometimes do, that there's a single goal <clears throat> that you strive